The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie. And to our listeners, welcome. I've been looking forward to today's interview for quite a while. It was many years ago when I first discovered this amazing pro-dom from Florida through some pictures that were shared on FET. I know I liked many of them, as she was the picture of a spectacular dom for me. From her dark hair and features to her ever-present latex, to that look that could melt me in an instant, she definitely earned my attention. Ten weeks ago, out of the blue, I received a note from her. She said, I wanted to say thank you for doing such lovely interviews on your podcast. You connect deeply with whomever you interview with respect, compassion, and knowledge of each individual. It's a breath of fresh air and a tribute to our community. I wrote her back immediately with great joy and shared how I had known her work for such a long time. And of course, that was followed shortly by a formal invitation to be on our show. And here we are with the amazing South Florida Dom, who shines as bright as the coast she lives on. Mistress Natalia Sedici is the vixen sadist, patron saint of debauchery, and has been a professional dominatrix since 2003. Having started as a lifestyle mistress first in Chicago, she found her way through the doors of a commercial dungeon, a space she briefly managed. Her career eventually brought her to South Florida, where she currently resides. Mistress Natalia Sedici on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you had an indication that you had a dark side? First time indication. I think it was after I had my first sexual experience. So. <laughs> what age? 14. Yes, I, um, I really had an urge to tie up my partner at the time and um for whatever reason there was the whole if this person is taking air quotes my virginity then i want to mark upon his flesh that that occurred and i branded him as well and then i was like Mm, talking to friends at that age going yeah that's not usually what people do the first time they have sex so that uh pretty much sealed the deal for me and knowing I have a dark side 
first thing people notice about you? I get the most compliments on my eyes. Easy to see. <laughs> first time you ever picked up an implement in a professional manner and used it? That was in 2003, right before my birthday, actually. Um, I had my first ever professional session that was unsupervised going out on my own. Um, I picked up a cane. I had a an individual who is what I would identify as a slave rather than a submissive and was into judicial caning. I want to hear more about that a little <laughs> bit later. <laughs> first time you saw an image of yourself, whether it be on video or in a picture, and said, this is the person I dreamed of being. That would actually come later when I went independent as a professional dominant. I would say that was probably somewhere around... Somewhere between 2006 and 2008. Um, at the time, one of my scene mentors was taking some more photos of me and uh, had a very artistic background. And we did a lot of, I guess, improvisation. There were certain things that he would try to say in order to, I guess, test or evoke an emotion. And there were certain shots that he sent back and I just went, whoa, okay. That really captured a lot of different things in expression, in terms of dress at the time and uh, how I was interacting with the individual I was playing with. First time you knew that you had made such a huge difference in someone's life by allowing them to be their authentic self. Oh, um, I have to think about that one, like the earliest and the first time. Strangely enough, it coincides with fin finishing up my undergrad degree and actually doing a documentary on BDSM to finish out my degree and having um, correspondence with my professor when I was getting censored. <laughs> um, and then finally being able to show that piece edited unfortunately, and uh, receiving some of the feedback from that, how it opened up certain people's eyes where they thought all of this was a super dark thing that individuals crawled into the darkness of night and didn't function in day-to-day -day life and how it really changed their perspective. So I guess that's more than one person. <laughs> but that makes all the difference in the world. And we're going to pick up on that exact thing when we come back with Mistress Natalia Sedici from South Florida on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want presented by Dating Kinky. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. 
Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. Have you ever dreamed of a house that is kink-friendly in every room? Have you ever wanted a getaway where your every desire is contained within steps? In Cincinnati, Ohio, the Wanton Sinners B&B is now open. Two kink-equipped bedrooms a fully equipped basement dungeon, and a living room with cages and restraint points throughout. And you can leave your toy bag at home because every space comes with plenty of toys and restraints. Visit Wanton Sinners on FET and follow the links to the Airbnb and Verbo listings. The Wanton Sinners B&B in Cincinnati, where your dreams have a home. The Heart of the Dominatrix. Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world. This book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at whatwomenwantp1, on Instagram at whatwomenwantpodcast, and on FetLife at www.podcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Noki, and welcome back to the program, joined by Mistress Natalia Sedici from South Florida, do you like that area of the world? Is it a good place to practice being a wonderful pro dom? Yes. Um, it's very different from Chicago than where I was from. I've noticed there's a lot of international travelers as a result of Fetish Factory who come through a lot of individuals who are go on holiday, especially around this time of year, mm-hmm. snowbirds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the, there's a certain amount of gratitude in terms of seeing a scene professional who is well-equipped, who can ask questions regarding diving more deeply inside their heads and getting out exactly what they're they're looking for Mm -hmm. in their experiences i want to go back to the film you were talking about and you said it was censored so i want to talk about the actual message behind it we are living now in a time where netflix is putting on shows about kink and it's not a big deal but back when you did that particular film People hadn't read Fifty Shades. People hadn't seen anything other than possibly a real sex on HBO 
or Cinemax doing their fetish documentary, which they did. And it was all this deep, dark thing, as you said. What was it that made you want to brighten the light, so to speak? Some of it was basically from a practical standpoint. I had started as a professional dominatrix already and was trying to finish up my last year. And I was out in the middle of a cornfield and driving many hours to get back into the city. And so basically what I was around was BDSM, fetish, kink, all of that kind of stuff. When I talked to some people and approached the idea, it was one of those, oh, what, what's that? Hmm. Raise eyebrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was really interesting is you mentioned fetishes. And at that point, Nick Broomfield's fetishes, that documentary was out. And so my professor gave that to me to watch and mentioned, I really think that we need this in terms of having a very different type of topic and challenging individuals. So she really um, pushed and inspired in a simultaneously gentle and forceful way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, she really wanted me to do it. She wanted it to be my idea. Mm -hmm. So a big part of that was practicality. Another part of that was also, I had a roommate at the time who had a very, very um, negative experience in her relationship exploring BDSM. And so I wanted to show a different side of individuals exploring certain things and also the artistry of things like Japanese rope bondage. We had a mistress from Japan who was coming in pretty frequently. And so she was in my documentary. So I wanted to show that it could be beautiful. It could be dark, but it could also help individuals. The biggest misconception that I think most people have about the world we love is the fact that there is so much love that goes into it. Whether it is a professional session, whether it is a lifestyle session, whether it is a session between two people in a relationship, there is always that connection that flows through that is the unseen ties that bind. And those are the ones that are the most beautiful, but yet since people can't see them, they only see the impacts. They only see the bondage. They only see the other things. Sometimes they just don't get it. That's very true. I think if individuals are comfortable enough to talk about how positively these things impact them and how we have a different type of relationship or relationships with individuals that we play with. If people can be authentic and feel safe in talking about those things, then it helps. It helps. There's a certain, there's a certain boldness that a lot of us need to have in terms of coming out in that kind of way. And, um, but as we do that, we end up emboldening, empowering more individuals to do so. And that starts to shift the tides of realizing that even though, you know, the stereotypical normal type of vanilla relationships um, are there, there's different options. There's different types of relationships that we can have. And it doesn't mean that we care about each other less. And in a lot of ways, we care about each other more, given the amount of communication we consistently have to have. And trust. Exactly. Trust is everything. I remember having 
the some of the first scenes that I had with uh, the person I call my queen, who's my best friend, were not regular play partners because of distance. But I started as a total sensation person. I said, I don't want any pain. I don't, I just am not into that. And she introduced me to a little bit. And because I trusted her, I allowed myself to feel what it actually was, which was a conveyance of impact on me to allow me to let other sort of pain go. And when I realized what it was, I could never go back. And so that trust is inherent in every single relationship that we have, including those that are maybe a first time or a one time thing, because it's all about consent and that trust. As a professional, do you have to do a lot of education about that with the people who come to see you? Or do you have an educated clientele that kind of already knows that? It's definitely mixed. And it's always been that way. I will say since Fifty Shades of Grey, more couples coming around. When I was still based in Chicago, a little bit down here. Um, and also because of COVID and a lot more people doing things like OnlyFans and loyal fans, all these subscription-based platforms, there are more individuals who are a lot more curious about exploring these things in the flesh. And they do get to see a certain side online and have certain kind of expectations depending on what kinks they have, what fetishes they have, and kind of expecting those representations to be the end all and mm -hmm. be all end all. And not quite realizing there's a lot more that goes into it. So um, I do ask a lot of questions, a lot of follow-up questions. And some of them aren't quite prepared for all of that <laughs> because, because it's not just, uh, for instance, would be, oh, I'm into humiliation. Well, what is a negative trigger for you? What do you like about it? What do you find erotically humiliating? Because for me, it's not a one size fits all. It's mm -hmm. definitely not there's so much more to it. And so I, I end up asking a lot of follow-up questions. You know, when you think about humiliation, what instantly comes to mind? I'm guessing penis size. <laughs> <laughs> not always, not always mm. with individuals. Um, it could be kissing boots. Mm. all about perception mm -hmm. boots or um having someone's head in a trash can <laughs> <laughs> okay um it, it could be so many different things mm -hmm. um the absolute removal of body hair there are so many different things that are unique to each person but there is definitely overlap as well mm -hmm. with regards to certain verbal things it's really interesting to go through that process of continuously asking questions and really getting to know the individual. I, I think that really getting to know somebody, you unlock a lot of things in really understanding them and realizing what, uh, I guess, verbal, as well as certain physical positive triggers, as well as mm -hmm. negative ones that they have. In a scene, that moment when you first lay hands on the person you're playing with, how much of a first impression does the feedback from that body to you determine how the scene is going to go 
Um, that initial read that touched that connection changes everything that I've planned um, more often than not. Is someone shaking, shivering, shuddering? Am I sensing that they're only breathing in their chest? And I'm going, this person is about to have a panic attack if I don't shift gears a little bit here. Or, wow, this person is going, fuck, yes, I'm ready to go. I'm so excited. And, you know, it adds an extra layer of let's charge forward and, let, and let's do this thing and have this raucous, intense experience and everything in between. And I know they sense that touch as well. Touch is very, very important. There are certain exercises in some of my um, higher education that we did where we'd close our eyes, have our backs turned to individuals. And we were told quietly, whisper, whisper, whisper in the ear. Um, okay. Think about the most angry that you've ever felt. And just really channel that. And then slowly put your hand towards the person and really take in how they respond versus think about the most hilarious, fun and silly thing that you've heard, read, seen lately, and then do the same thing. How is that person responding? And then hearing the feedback from both parties of what that perception was, was very, very interesting. We can sense that from each other when you show up. I was told by an amazing pro-dom doll mistress out of Minneapolis when I visited Naughty Revival. We had been talking back and forth with each other, and we had always said we were going to meet future podcast guest. And when we met on the floor of the dungeon of Naughty Revival, she said, I've been looking forward to this. I said, why so? She says, your energy through your words is one thing. I wanted to see what it was like in person. Oh. And the first, she put cuffs on me and then we hugged. And we just stayed there for a bit. And I think that the energy that flows between two people who are entangled in this wonderful world that we live in have what Olivia Akula out of Los Angeles called the ultimate intimacy. There doesn't have to be one thing inserted in another thing, although that can be fun, but <laughs> the sheer touch and the sheer words can create this place where all you want to do is just be one with the other. And I romanticize kink a lot. I know that for a fact. But I also know that you all as pro-doms and lifestyle doms, we get to receive a lot but you also get to receive a lot, even though it is giving. Describe the energy that you receive, and I'll even follow it up by saying, even when you throw an implement like a flogger, what is the energy that comes back to you from the impact of those? Ooh. It's an excellent question and a little bit difficult to answer because it's it can be varied um, depending on basically the tone of the scene or session and and also long-term play partners biorhythms change so i'm trying to think of a more concise way to answer that question whether there's a slow, gradual warm-up with impact or jumping right into it, such as cold caning, judicial caning, um, individuals who love just 
yes, you can bowl with me. I think that the slow methodical warming up leading to more intense impact is almost like a meditative kind of space to get into. For the really heavy masochists, there's more of like a jolt of electricity and a charge that's um, kind of, how would I describe it? It's like a zing of all of a sudden, I've, I've had moments in video editing myself where that whip cracks and I'm like, well, my pupils just dilated with intense excitement. <laughs> and it's, and that was really cool to see and see the individual as well, how they just are like, oh yes, giving themselves. So it definitely varies. I'm going to present another scenario in that I've seen content of you with someone in a full rubber suit, motionless, not one bit of their body exposed, having literally an armor on top of them, yet you are able to send your energy through that. And I know you're feeling the energy coming out of it. Absolutely. How do you imagine that person is thinking being inside that cocoon of rubber, knowing that every piece of their body is being held strictly for so long and you have put them there? The first thing that came to mind was objectified, dehumanized. That could be positive or negative, depending on one's perception, but a way of escaping the raucous monkey brain, <laughs> letting go through that objectification, being that thing, and knowing for them, um, the feedback that I've gotten is at certain times feeling as though there's a levitation happening with intense encasement bondage in in some films and in some um scenes as well as professional sessions there's just that being so cocooned i could go on and on about that because encasement fetish is one of my top things i have some theories about that and there, my theories are informed from the feedback that I eventually get afterwards from those I have played with. And it goes back to swaddling. You know, why do you, why do you swaddle a baby? Have it calm down. So why are certain individuals wanting to be in encasement bondage? To feel that continuous hug compression, comfort, letting go, ultimately showing a very high level of trust with regards to that. I have described the encasement scene that I had with Amanda Wildfire, where I was in a double-layered inflatable catsuit and then put into a latex body bag and strapped inside of it and outside of it. I've described that as the safest place I've ever been in my life. I also described it as the freest I have ever felt in my life because the freedom of being bound in that way allowed my mind to just release everything that had been bothering me, release everything that I was scared of release everything that made me realize that it had taken me so long to get to that spot. Mm -hmm. And I get emotional talking about it because there's so few times in life when we can feel safe. And if the average person heard me describe what I just described and called that the safest I've ever felt, 99% of the people would go, what the hell are you talking about? 
but you being able to give that gift to someone and to feel the energy off of that. That's pretty, I'm pretty envious of that because to be able to give that kind of gift to someone is just remarkable. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that you've had that experience and it was so transformative for you because it's, um. you were saying that you get emotional and it reminds me of just the whole aspect of certain interactions of the emotional release and how individuals can feel and completely cleansed and almost reborn in a way of getting past and through something that was very difficult or challenging or, or realizing that they are a lot stronger than they thought they were. I want to discuss a couple of the things that you describe yourself as. And let's start with vixen sadist. Sounds yummy. <laughs> <laughs> so vixen sadist, where did it come from? Number one. And number two, what does it mean to you? Well, the sadist part is obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, the vixen part was more so from thinking of different words, collaborating with other, um, ladies in the past from the commercial dungeon and kind of bouncing around different things over time. And, uh, just having the mental Rolodex flipping through thesaurus <laughs> and, uh, just thinking, thinking of that, um, just foxy, vampy, um, those types of things paired with an individual who's sadistic. And then you're also the patron saint of debauchery. <laughs> I just love that. I was actually hoping that you would ask me about that because there's a really <laughs> fun story. Hey. <laughs> uh, so um, there's uh, a lady who I count as one of my mentors who was at the commercial dungeon when I first started. So she was pretty established. I'm still friends with her all of these years later. It's great. Um, there was a point in time where I was transitioning between different things and um, we were roommates for a while and I don't know what was going on with me. I had left my um, <laughs> my uh, master's degree program and I was just, ah, I need kink. I need to do things. I've been nose in a book for so long. <laughs> And for whatever reason, I was going out to bars and trying to find the most vanilla looking in appearance um, men and trying to see if I could convince them to go out into the alley and have me pee on them. And so eventually I tell um, this lady about it. And I was like, oh, I've done it twice successfully. It was so easy, actually, strangely enough, it was. Um, and she goes, you're the goddamn patron saint of debauchery. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you're just laughing about it and going, yep. I'm going to use that. And especially coming from a mentor who is very dear to me, that feels also special as well as fun. You talked about mentors. How did you get your start? <sighs> um, are we talking lifestyle well, let's that's that came first I know so let's talk about that part first so lifestyle wise I um 
randomly had a couple that was much older than me decide that it would be fun to take me to uh, certain kinky parties. That's kind of where all that started. It was more so watching at that particular point in time, taking things in. I was very young and should not have technically been there. But <laughs> and that's a common story we've heard throughout our almost 150 episodes. So right. it's it's not uncommon at all. Yeah, it was it was one of those, well, you know, you you seemingly are mature and handling yourself. We think you're old enough to come to these things. Um so in in kind of a way they opened the doors and I got to see a lot in that way. And that kind of led to meeting different people and having private, more intimate types of play. And that way, asking a lot of questions, doing a lot of things, because everyone at that particular point in time obviously had more experience than me. In terms of the pro side of things, a lot of that was by chance because in the commercial dungeon, there was a very, very limited amount of exposure and learning in that regard. I really had to ask the lady who I mentioned, who gave me the patron scene of debauchery title in many ways, after six months of being there, she took me under her wing more because it was, oh, you know, you're not a fly-by-night who's going, oh, I didn't realize what all of this was cracked up to be and leaving. So she went, oh, okay, yeah, she's obviously serious. Let me kind of give her some pointers on things. A lot of that was just luck as well, because at the time we had um, Mistress Araka from Tokyo coming in and staying for a month at a time sometimes and just continuously doing sessions. So I would ask if I could sit into her sessions, our houseboy would come in every Sunday. And, you know, even though there was a language barrier massively at first, she would do something and go, now you do. So it was, you know, a little bit of the monkey see monkey do kind of <laughs> going on there. And uh, the houseboy as well walked me through things like play piercing, sounding, enemas, some of the more medical side of things. Just okay, step by step, let's go. I learned a lot from clients, which is great being in such a busy major city. There's a lot of different things that end up happening <laughs> in a, in a big, busy major city dungeon. Mm -hmm. Uh, so some of it trial by fire, a lot of it asking questions from clients and um, an individual in particular kind of by chance through, I would say, like music, lifestyle, different things like that. Really, we started to talk a lot more. He was a switch. So it was really interesting to talk to him. And so by chance, there were more of like the psychological aspects of things of diving way more deeply into things like emotional release and energy and things like that. What a remarkable journey. And there's also the content side of you. And I love to do one thing whenever I do the research for a guest coming on. I like to go back to your wafer stuff. <laughs> Short hair, different look on you. Indeed. <laughs> but I also discovered where I first knew you from because I had mentioned to you in our correspondence that I knew I knew your name and I had been following you for a while. And it was from Alice in Bondage Land. Oh, yes. Oh, I love Alice so much. 
I remember when I first got into the lifestyle where I could just be in the lifestyle, having some correspondence with Alice. This was way before I would have even thought of doing my podcast or anything. And I really ought to catch up with with them at some point. But I saw that on your site and I went, that's where it was. So you have been doing content for many a year through many looks. What is the joy of that content? And then I will give you a couple of observations that I have as well. Oh, um, I would say in general, the joy in content creation in that regard, we're not talking femdom POVs in that genre, but the different and varied levels of connection that are going on and the fact that it's documented because there's certain things with, you know, we could talk about energy and feelings in the moment. And sometimes when you're floating in subspace, certain details of what went on get muddled. So it's really interesting to go, wait, that more of these things actually happened to you. This this is the electrode that was at attached to you. And, and it's actually a really fun feeling and just makes me smile a lot <laughs> with regards to someone just being in such a great headspace of going, wait, we, we did that? Mm -hmm. Oh, here's the video. <laughs> I have mentioned on this podcast before, and you with your documentary background, I think might be fascinated in this idea. And that is, I would love to see a series of, I guess, documentary clips from scenes where you look at it from two different perspectives. You watch the scene from perhaps one angle or two, and this is the TV producer and me thinking of all this, and you hear back and forth what is going through the mind of the bottom and what is going through the mind of the top. When that electrode is placed on hearing the bottom say, when this hit the spot that it did, I wasn't sure just how it was going to affect me. But then I felt the first charge and realized this is something that I couldn't escape. While the top said, I placed it on this place for a certain reason, because I knew that he had a, and you can see kind of where I'm going here. Mm -hmm. but a kind of a he said, she said type thing. So people who have not been through BDSM and scenes can go, oh, that's what they're thinking about. It's always been something I've wanted to do. And one I, day I hope to do it. I love that. I love that. I If that's something that you want to work on and we can collaborate with some other people, I would love to do that. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about something that's somewhat personal but I wanted to make sure I was able to share it with all of you. When we come back with Mistress Natalia Sedici on what women and other wonderful humans want presented by our wonderful friends at Dating Kinky. <laughs> This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. 
Well, hi there, catsuit. This is Jacqueline Powers, and yes, I really am back, recording new hypnosis files again on YouTube, and also on Patreon, for the more adventurous fans out there. And John, I really enjoyed coming on your show so much, and finding out that you had your very own experience with my hypnosis files. So, if you want to learn more about how I got started with online hypnosis, all you have to do is just listen to my interview on the What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want podcast. You all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing Winter Fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years, and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Gordon. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and now these suits can be yours. And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the Practical Contract Guide, Relationship short Shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It is good to be joined by Mistress Natalia Sedici. You wrote me out of the blue on FET. And I mentioned it as part of the introduction. I have known you through following you for many years, and I would have never expected out of the blue to hear from somebody, A, of your stature, and B, somebody that I've admired for so long. What was it? Um, the fundamental reason why I wanted to reach out to you was to show gratitude because with the way that you handle interviews, um, and the way that you're able to connect with your guests and bring out personal aspects, but also educational aspects as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I find to be very, very unique and also an important contribution to the scene at large. There's so much out there in terms of information, misinformation, and it can be very, very challenging for new people or individuals who are um who may have had a, a troubled relationship 
and have it go poorly and are really in their heads about where do I go from here? And feeling as though there is community, there are resources where individuals have resilience and hearing different individual stories. And you can only get to that place with your guests if you were a very specific type of person. And I wanted to make sure that I showed gratitude in that, in your contributions. I will tell you that that note gave me inspiration to want to do even more great things. It led to, uh, in part, our fetish con affiliation because I knew I wanted to do more with this podcast. I am lucky enough where I'm going to be able to travel to some conferences next year. I want to be able to travel a lot more to get to meet people in person because I would love to be able to put the video to this audio where people can see your amazing eyes. And that's not just a guy going, hey, you've got beautiful eyes, but people like you and Temptress Raven Eve and those people who can use those eyes to be able to tell a story without saying a word. And I romanticize that because I know what it's like to just want to feel something. And the first time I ever got into impact was a week that was just absolutely awful for me. And I told the person that was switching with me at the time, because I had topped her first, I said, you can't possibly hit me hard enough. And I had just literally gotten an impact. And they only had this one flogger that was very thuddy. So I knew what it could do, but I just wanted to feel something real. Mm -hmm. And when I see even simple still pictures of what you do and what so many of my guests do. I mean, I think I used one for social media. It's just this close up of you with this very intense look. And it said to me, I can see you. I can take you to where you want to be. I can take you to that place of dreams. I don't know what was going through your mind when the photographer clicked at that very moment, but that's what I'm reading into this. And it's not something like, damn, she's hot, <laughs> very attractive. Same. So many of the guests that I have are super attractive and, and as, as people would say out of our league and stuff. But the fact is you all are just beautiful humans. And it has nothing to do with the way you look or the lipstick you wear or the mascara you use. Mm -hmm. It's the beauty inside and out is very, very important for sure. Um, in terms of being able, we, we keep saying connection over and over again, but it's true. If you can't um, connect with an individual, you could be the most beautiful person on the planet aesthetically but if someone is not feeling something then it's a very surface level very flat kind of exchange mm -hmm. and everything that we do is so much deeper than that i also love the fact that you have this intense side to you but you also have the part that doesn't take yourself seriously at all. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm serious about not taking myself seriously. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I, I think that I've had a sense of humor and albeit dark off the wall, oddball, whatever type of humor you want to describe. It's a variety. <laughs> I love laughing. I do. I went to the very first DomCon LA. And so I got to meet 
icons in the pro-femdom industry and saw how they handled and conducted themselves, interacted with individuals who were their, their subs, their slaves, other professionals, and so on and so forth. And just in a very authentic, strong, poised kind of way and how they could interact with other scene professionals, other lifestylers. And it wasn't in a pompous putting on a front. It was just being very solid and firm in one's power and being able to recognize that in others. And I found that to be very beautiful with that authenticity. And that was something in my earliest years that I wanted to take an example of and make sure that I maintained a certain solid head on my shoulders of being able to balance fantasy and reality and see where they intersect. I don't want to cross the line into personal life, but I'm going to ask you this question. Have you found love? Um, I have found love in a variety of different ways, I will say. A variety of different ways in terms of different types of relationships, some of which have lasted and some of which are continuously ongoing. So I'll answer your question that way. And that's exactly what I wanted to hear was just love means so many different things to so many different people. I am one of the believers that there is an infinite amount of love in every single person. And because you love multiple people, it doesn't take away from the love you have from somebody else. And I think that's just fighting from a, a long marriage where it was like, well, if you like somebody else, you must not like me that much. It's like, no. Mm. Spreading yeah. your love around the world and spreading. And when I talk about love, I'm talking about the emotion. I'm talking about the caring part. To me, that's the most beautiful thing you can do. And you have that wonderful opportunity to be able to spread that love. And I will call it to my dying breath, kindness of what you do. It doesn't matter how hard you hit someone. It's the kindest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Especially because all of this is based on consent. So it wouldn't happen unless the individual wanted it. So that is the kind thing. And also it's the kind thing to um, point out someone's behavior, make them atone for it so they can continue on their path of growth. Do you think kink can teach the world how to be kinder to each other? Yes. I think that kink can teach the world a lot of different things in terms of consent in terms of what it means to actually communicate in a positive and effective manner, um, what it means to have different layers of boundaries, and like we've been talking about, different types of love as well. That, um, you know, even though we may talk about terms such as like slave and ownership and all of that kind of stuff, that coming from a particular place of taking on the responsibility in a way, coming from a place of respect, ultimately, of that other party. As I like to say, you have to be worth being owned. And part of that is showing that love, that respect, that reciprocity. Gosh, I love that. I'm going to write that one down and put it in a quote book because that is so timely for me, obviously, with me starting a journey on my own, which I'm sure I will talk about as the podcast goes along. Heaven knows I share my life with just about everybody. But even in this ultimate intimacy, as the, the Russian Dom Olivia Kula calls it, 
it is something that glows from all of us. And you indeed glow with that beautiful energy that comes through in your words, in your images, and just your sheer beauty of energy. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for me and the beautiful words that you've had and letting us have the honor of getting to know you today. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And this is absolutely just the beginning. I'm excited to see where the rest of our uh, journey uh, takes us and hearing more about how things go for you. <laughs> very excited. Congratulations. Thank you very much. More to come. Natalia Sedici, thank you. Words can flow right from one's eyes through one's soul. And the words shared by Mistress Natalia have touched me deeply. Our correspondence has allowed us not only to learn about one another, but has given me renewed inspiration to keep doing this podcast. I can't wait to meet her in person and see the dom of my dreams, even if she's in a hoodie and sweats. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's our year-end episode as we return to the dungeon of Temptress Raven Eve for a video version of this program. This time we'll be talking about the genesis of who she is. And believe me, you won't want to miss this one. She makes me work for every question. It's an amazing episode and I hope you'll join us both here on audio and at youtube.com slash datingkinky. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I can't believe we've almost finished 2022. To all of you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Day each and every day you wake up to take on the world. I'm John. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 